A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online. So any small business could be a driving force to create change or build an empire. We know old ideas aren't cutting it anymore. So we're calling for a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. So whatever you have in mind that will help make a different future, find everything you need to get started at GoDaddy.com. Because the future isn't decided yet. It's up to us to make it happen. Start different at GoDaddy.com. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. This is an ode to the glass noodle. You may be glass only in name, but our love for you is crystal clear in every Bibigo Korean dumpling. Your tantalizing texture tickles the taste buds, and while you are see-through, the world can't help but see you. The glass noodle, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every plump and juicy Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. This is Podco Media Networks. On episode 116 of Confessions of a Marketer, we're marketing the holidays. Hi, it's Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. Just in time for the holidays, we've got Danielle Savin of Capgemini in to discuss marketing the holidays. Soon we'll have Justin Christensen on optimization. Rob Patterson of AWeber will be in to talk about the state of email marketing. Nathan Hirsch will share some wisdom on finding the right freelancers. And Philip Stutz will discuss the politics of marketing. Plus, we have former SVP of Overstock.com, Jeff Atkinson, who's now founder and CEO of Huckabye, lined up for an SEO discussion. As we round out the year, there are other great discussions on deck with Jeff Hahn, who's principal of Apron, an agency focused on marketing and PR in the food business. And we'll be speaking with Mel Edwards, global CEO of Wonderman Thompson, shortly after the new year. That's just a taste of the great things to come. COVID-19 patients need your help. If you've fully recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have the antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients recover. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today to schedule an appointment to donate blood. That's V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T dot Help save lives and schedule your appointment at Vitalant.org. You could help save lives. All right, on to Danielle Savin. Danielle is Senior Director of Digital Marketing Services at Capgemini Invent North America. She knows retail, from the manufacturers to the point of sale. I wanted to chat with her about digital, brick and mortar, and everything in between, especially now that we have the holiday season upon us. In this first part of our discussion, we cover the best practices for retailers at the holidays, her advice for retailers, and more. Let's get to it. Danielle, thanks for joining me on Confessions of a Marketer. Great to have you here. Thank you. Very happy to be here today. Well, the holiday season is pretty much upon us. I think I saw my first Christmas commercial this year at Halloween. And apart from depressing me, I know that this is a critical time for retailers. 
You know, the thing is, I'm interested in what the best practices are for retail marketing at the holidays. It seems like, you know, this is 80% of business for a lot of retailers online and in brick and mortar. So what, what's the secrets? Well, we're having this conversation six months too late. I, <laughs> um, you know, I get asked this every year and I do think, I mean, I either write about this, I speak about this in person or like an interview, but really, and I've been doing this for a really long time, like pre-e-commerce, sure. catalog marketing, traditional marketing, started off in Shiat Day Mojo way back in the day, but those yeah. things that you learned back in the back in the day are they just as, they're just as valid. Everybody is kind of thinking they're reinventing the wheel, but they aren't, right? There isn't. And that's why I always feel like, oh, I can pull up something I did, you know, a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago. But for holiday marketing, it's it's really important a few things. One, that you have a postmortem, you know, January, February, no later than March. That when you're, you know, at that point you've already built out your budget and your forecast for the year. And hopefully you have a lot of lessons learned and or you've budgeted for, you know, an evolution based upon what your customers are looking for, either through products or through service. So, you know, I always like to talk about this before summer, but it's really making sure, one, that you're, you know, you're looking at your calendar, your marketing calendar from last year and really what happened and that you're marrying it to this year and that there's really, not that there shouldn't be changes, but those changes should be iterative. Yeah. So whatever you learn from merchandising or, you know, products that did really well or promotions that did really well to make sure that those are repeated Hopefully you did testing through the year, you learned some things, you can bring new, maybe product launches, new services. At this time of year, you can launch it because this is when your traffic is the highest. You know, you need to make sure you're speaking to your agencies, your customer service operations, your logistics, making sure everybody understands what your expectations are so there's not a lapse. You know, you have the best site in the world and you get dinged in customer service, you know, you're going to lose a customer. So everything goes hand in hand, but it's really just being on top of what happened the year prior and being ready for it, as well as I would always say, have a plan B. You know, we've had a really good economy in the last few years, but just in case, you know, November or Black Friday or, you know, whatever we want to call this time of year now for uh, digital marketers or commerce in general, you have a backup plan and, and that plan if you don't meet it, either needs to make concessions for either revenue or for margin. So, I mean, I know I said a lot, but I mean, that's what I look at and try to work with my clients on currently. Yeah, because a plan is only so good, right? <laughs> that's you, correct. You, you've got to have a fallback and it, you know, conditions change, especially in a, a business like retail where you do have to plan six months out. And we're talking, you know, on November 20th, 2019, and, you know, if you're thinking about planning for the holiday season now, unless it's putting up lights on your house, you know, you can't make it happen, right? That's correct. It's too late. Your buys are in, your, you know, everything's been delivered to the warehouse. Everything's sort of set in stone. It's really hard to change. The only thing you can change, and what's great, obviously, about digital is being able to change creative assets or messaging sure. or promotions. But really, I think that's, or 
creating more awareness on like micro moments on, you know, on social. But yeah, there's not much you can change once you're in the season. You just need to be as prepared as possible for the best case scenario or the worst. Yeah. Years ago, I worked as a speechwriter for a CEO of a retail company here in the Northeast. And this time of year was quiet at the company. Out in the stores, it was, you know, a nightmare. But in the corporate office, it was quiet because all the planning happened in, you know, April, May, June. And the buyers were, you know, planning for, you know, post-Christmas things and so forth. But the the frenzy of getting things in line for the holidays was over and people were kind of relaxing already. So I agree and I, the only thing I disagree on that is if you're a paid media agency. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> um, because, um, you know, we, you're, you're going to be getting a lot of calls from the client. Hopefully not, but like could be on an hourly basis because they're watching, they're being, they're oh, watching yeah. every single order that comes through and where the order is coming from, especially if they're not making their numbers. If you're beating forecasts, that's great. If you're really beating forecasts, then you need to have a conversation with your merchandisers, the people running the site and operations. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it does slow down. I will say as a someone, a consultant that works primarily in retail, that it becomes very quiet in December. But right now, not so quiet. <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone's worrying about Black Friday, right? Yeah. It's not Black Friday. I think it's, you know, it became, it was Black Friday for a long time, sure. then Cyber sure. Monday. And now it's now, then when, you know, all the different holidays, I think they just call it November. I mean, it's become <laughs> so broad. And I think you just said that on Halloween, you saw someone put up their Christmas lights. I mean, we're seeing the same thing where that, that holiday window gets longer and longer or, or starts earlier and earlier. And then you have years like this where there's a, it's the latest that Thanksgiving can fall on. So there's less days from Thanksgiving to Christmas. Yeah. And that's a critical measure for a retailer. The time between Christmas and Thanksgiving isn't a fixed period of time. It can flex by several days and that can have an impact on obviously on daily revenue. That's correct. And most of that's taken into consideration when doing a fiscal year budget that you either have an extra week or you don't, but you're always trying to exceed your comps. So that is taken into consideration on how you're going to do that when you lose a week. Yeah. So are there any marketing approaches that you admire that retailers are using that you'd like to mention? Just in general or in regards to holiday? Well, I guess in general, but also regarding the holiday. So- I think, and this also goes to trends, you know, I guess a few years ago, we talked about social shopping and everything that's going on, on Instagram and Facebook. And we used to call that a bell and a whistle, but now it's become so important, especially for smaller brands or manufacturers that are really trying to take their digital property and their brand into their own hands versus with a retailer. I do see that you really need to be speaking to your customer on social platforms. You need to know what your voice is. You need to, I see that change a lot. I do wonder what's going to happen since Instagram took all the likes away, but, or is in the process of taking the likes away. But I do see that as being able to, again, even be quicker with messaging and ideation and any like what you want, anything you're trying to say about their brand or the holiday. I do think social has just become so much more important in the last 12 to 18 months. And it's a complex 
area. It's not one thing, not one approach can solve the problem for the retailer, right? No, because there's a big difference between organic social and influencers and loyalty versus paying for clicks, where those paying for those clicks on depending who your customer is could be as important as Google or more important on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. So you've been a marketer for a couple of decades. <laughs> yes. Uh, I started um, when I was 10. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're the same age as me. That's funny. <laughs> so, and you've obviously over the, boy, that's an interesting span of time, right? Because the world of marketing and the world of retail specifically has changed considerably in that span. So what have been the things that have made you go, huh? <laughs> over that span of time. And I'm specific to retail, not the rest of your life. No, you know, the- <laughs> I, I, yes. And I tell these stories and I, I know that our audience probably spans many different generations. But, you know, I, again, you're right. I've been marketing for uh, many decades. When I went to college, I used a word processor, not a computer. It's very, yep. you know. I, I had a typewriter, so, <laughs> <Okay>. you know. <laughs> but what I saw was, you know, I quickly, I, I moved from traditional to, and I'm only going to say this, some of my hum moments, to direct marketing. So I was a cataloger yeah. for many years. And we were really good. I mean, so I guess that was my hum moment when e-commerce came into play. Because, you know, we would spend a fortune. I would set Roadrunner Sports for many years. And we would create 27 catalogs based upon your behavior, like you do with email. And it was an expensive endeavor, you know, to win a new customer or get a customer to, you know, just think about that, you know, that whole print piece and how long it took to put into production and into the mail. And we were planning six or eight months out and you couldn't change your marketing messages. So when e-commerce came into play and I launched my first site in 98, you know, it was really, I just thought it was awesome. You know, like, oh, this is great. I can speak to my customers. I can email. We've been emailing for a long time. It was a big part of direct marketing. And then I just like, no one adapted to it. Everybody like got stupid, in my opinion. All the blanket blasting, you know, we had segmentation. We did algorithms. We knew who our customer was. And then it was all about just getting clicks. And we were just speaking the same language to everybody. And it took like 10 years to evolve or come back from some very advanced marketing techniques. All right. Next time, Danielle is back and we covered knowing your customers, understanding the underpinnings of digital, some ghosts of retailers past, Amazon, of course, and a lot more. So stay with us. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Podco Media Networks, and this episode is copyright 2019. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time. You've never tried to eyeball six feet as often as you do now. You wear a mask, you wash your hands, and you've stayed within the walls of your apartment for more hours than you care to add up. But unless you live in a smoke-free building, you're not exactly home free. Secondhand smoke drifting through the cracks in walls or sink drains carries toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. And right now, lung health is key. Go to tobaccofreeca.com to learn how to stay safe.